welcome! It is Monday, August 9th, and this is the Fantasy Focus Baseball Podcast. And as always, the Fantasy Focus Baseball Podcast is presented by LinkedIn Jobs. I am Tristan H. Cockroft, the H, of course, always standing for happy. And yeah, it's my voice first first year. It's usually Eric's, but Eric Carabell is off probably celebrating the Philadelphia Phillies wild, crazy run. You know, I'm really frustrated today that we've got the Phillies on a massive win streak in first place in their division unexpectedly. And Eric is not even here to talk to me about it. I I, I mean, what, what planning? What planning here? But at any rate, because Eric is off, I get to welcome in my good friend and colleague, Todd Zola, who is the master of everything spreadsheet. This is this is great. We've got two guys who are really big Excel spreadsheet fans. But Todd, I can't sing enough praise about what you do for us at ESPN, handling projections, the daily notes. And it gives me an opportunity right here to thank you for pinch hitting for me while I was away last week with the forecaster, which we run each day. Thank you, of course, for that. And welcome, Todd. Control F, replace. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm glad to be. I'm great, great to be here with you. Now you talk about timing. You talk, you know, EK doesn't get to brag on the Phillies. You, you, as you guys know, I'm a bit of a Red Sox fan, and oh boy. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll tell you. So I was, uh, I spent the past week polishing my beard growing skills, and I come back to find Phillies in first, eight game winning streak. Yeah. Raised not only in first in the division, but by, I'd, I'd argue, a pretty handy margin. I mean, like, what, what's going on? And by the way, the Yankees, I mean, everybody's on the COVID IL. It's just a wild week in baseball. So I'm looking forward to us getting deep into this to discuss it. Of course, as always, we've got Kyle Soppy, who is the master of putting the podcast together, of doing the hash browns, of coming up with the trivia. Kyle, is there anything you don't do? And I bet you you're sitting there in that fantasy-focused uh, football studio, too, right? Meet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now we do a little bit of everything this time of year. Nothing wrong with that. We got basketball in two months. What's not to like? Oh, we got a podcast for that coming up? Uh, knock on wood. I would love to have a basketball podcast. We'll see what we can do. We're talking basketball. Wait, no, this is baseball. Um, all right. So I think, Todd, I'm going to start with the big stories of the week, and that's the coming week here. You just did the forecaster, so a couple of these came up to you. I want to get your perspective on some of the returning players from injury. Yeah. The big one, you mentioned the Red Sox, because clearly Chris Sale's return coming this Saturday against the Orioles, this is going to be the difference maker for the Red Sox. They'll rally back into first and win the World Series, correct? Uh, there is reason for excitement here. Of course, Sale's been very good in his rehab standing through 81 and 89 pitches in his past two rehab starts, both of those for AAA Worcester. And he had a 1.35 ERA and a 42% strikeout rate in the five rehab starts overall. So... What level of excitement shall we have here? I think I mean, as a Red Sox fan, pretty high. As a fantasy manager, let's temper expectations. Now, they you did mention 81, 89 pitches. They'd like to sit, like sail to get through five innings, if not a little bit more, depending upon how pitch efficient he is. But yeah, this was the proverbial deadline acquisition. They know sale was coming back. I think it's kind of cool that he got to work with Chris Herman. Maybe maybe it's just narrative. I don't know, but uh, I think having a having an experienced catcher handle him uh, in Triple A Worcester, I think helped him a bit getting him through those innings. The reports, uh, and this is mainly from Alex Spear of the Boston Globe, sliders just sliding, Slide, getting swings and misses. He's getting that done. The uh, the minor leaguers are not swinging and missing at the fastball. So whether whether he gets a little more amped up, 
uh, sale does in the pros and gets that extra mile or two tick and, 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 and starts getting swings and misses in the fastball remains to be seen. Uh, you know, keeping in mind, I think you guys know this, we've talked about it enough, the velocity tends to come back fast after Tommy John. It's the command of control that tends to wane. So it'd be interesting to see what you know what the what the readings are in Baltimore Saturday. You also can tell they're not really rushing Sale back because he was timed up to start on Thursday in Tampa or against Tampa. But the club is more you know let's get Sale against Tampa. I think it's kind of smart. Let's let's be smart. Let's make sure he's in it for the long haul and not rush him just to get a game against Tampa. Yeah, agree based on the timing. The the fact that they're taking that long to bring him back is curious, but it's not really shocking. It kind of tracks to them being really conservative with the recovery. I mean, at the beginning of the year, weren't we talking about mid to late June as a possible return date? And here we are in mid-August where we're going to see him back on a major league mound. They'll have 44 games if there are no rainouts this week, beginning yeah. with the game that Sale comes back. So we're looking at maybe eight, nine starts Probably limited in pitch count for the first couple of outings, but I'd still argue based on the raw stuff. I mean, he was dominating minor league hitters. The numbers don't matter so much other than he has that dominant stuff and is doing what he should against minor league hitters. I think he might be a top 30 or so starter sure. for fantasy the rest of the year. Not better than that, but 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 that level. Yeah, especially because, first of all, who's not pitching – as a good, you know, DeGrom and everybody else who isn't in the mix and endings are going to be down. So I think he, I think he will fit in very well there. Um, yeah, I, I do. I'm expecting a good Chris sale. Our colleague Derek Hardy would always say he's got the best stuff skills in the league. But when you add in the parks, the race, which is, I mean, just pure skills, a healthy Chris sale is the, the, not just one of is the top pitch other, maybe a couple of years ago and you got to factor things in now, but that's how, that's how good he is. Mm-hmm. So I do expect now the Red Sox rotation in general could be, it's up and it's in flux. They mm-hmm. could go to a six man. If, if Garrett Richards may have, I think he, I think he's got one more start just because of the fact that they're pushing sale off, but Garrett Richards may, even though he didn't, crush it against Toronto yesterday before the, the 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 bullpen just let him down again. He may have saved his his job, may go to a six-man rotation. Martin Perez is definitely in the bullpen, and Tanner Houck is in the rotation, but it may go to a six-man, which may help stretch it out. You just did the math, 44 games. So if it's a six-man, maybe that's seven or eight starts. So even so, seven, eight, nine, it's, it's you know, who knows? It's, it's the same way for everybody at this point. But that that will be interesting to see. Big, big series coming up against Tampa this week. Just kind of alluded to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, you got to at least split to stay where you are. But, you know, the, the wild card's getting close. The Yankees are on the heels and Oakland and all the, there's just a bunch of teams that are going to be vying for the wild card. So this is important. And, and I think part of it is – well, not part of it, but we do need to keep in mind that Boston is – I don't want to call it house money – but they did not expect to be in the position that they're in. And this is why Hyam Bloom didn't go goofy at the trade deadline. He did, did not want to uh, take away the chances to win in the future. He, he's got a plan. And I'm kind of going through this in a private keeper league right now where I'm at that point. And then, you know, people are trying to get me to trade my kids. And I'm not doing it because I'm sick of losing in this league. And I want to win for a few years. And I'm not going all in just to win this year. Maybe it's a mistake. We'll find out. But I, it's kind of weird that I can point to Boston League. I can say, I'm the, I'm the high and bloom of Neural. 
<laughs> I, you know, from the projection standpoint, I'm curious about one thing. Mm-hmm. Give me just one number here. Chris Sale's 2022 innings pitched. Um, just the number. I've got him at at five and a half per start. So if it's eight, it's forty four. I think that's where I have him right now. Is four? No, I mean for for twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two. It helps if I listen. Um, I'm gonna say one hundred and sixty five to one hundred and seventy five. Okay, and that I might and that's that that would temper some expectations on the. Dynasty value potential, what it, but I, yes, I like but it. It's if you if a if a projection and you know there's several different ways one can spin it, but if it's the weighted average of all plausible outcomes, you have to and I, you know coming off the surgery, one of the outcomes is he gets hurt and he only pitches 100 innings. So I mean, if you so if you it may it may only be a 10 or 15 percent possibility, but you know it's a 10 percent possibility that he throws 190 200 innings. So when you do all the, when you average it all out, I'm gonna say in that 175 range because he's getting older too. Even if he's healthy all year, maybe he doesn't go 33. Maybe starts. Maybe he goes 29 or 30, and that that brings it down a bit. Yeah, the 2022 is the part that I'm most curious about with him. That's why I wanted to know that number for you. I don't I don't dis- disagree at all from uh, with your 2021 projection. Uh, another big name returning this week, and this is going to happen on to- uh, today. So the same day we're taping the show or at least if he's in the lineup, he is. Luis Robert coming back to the Chicago White Sox. We already talked about uh, Aloy Jimenez and his return. He's been pretty good uh, since his um, activation. He batted, he's batted 273, three home runs, nine RBI in his first nine games back. Do you have similar expectations for Robert? Do you think that he picks up right where he left off? Or would you temper expectations a bit? I know we're, we're a little close to the weekly lineup uh, deadline for those who play in those. So it's... You know, would you would you be activating him quickly even in the in an ESPN daily league like for Tuesday, for example? I if you, I mean, I don't. It sounds like a hedge, but maybe that's maybe that's the way one needs to think. If you need steals, I would because he's a guy that can get two or three. You know, I don't see two or three bags in a day. Get a bag in a day, maybe two, depending upon the matchup. I haven't checked the matchup yet, but yes, I think I would have Robert in there. I would really, you know, I would need a really good matchup to to not have him in there. At this point, he just has too many different ways of contributing. I'm more concerned hitting the ground running with Robert than Jimenez because he does have more of a strikeout penchant and not as much of a walk. And, I, you know, we can discuss how much that really means in fantasy. All we care about is the end result. But I do think it, it lends itself more towards slumps and maybe not hitting the ground running. But because, you know, that's the key word is running. If you need steals, I think Robert's in there for me. And I... I'm not worried. You know, I think he's going to, if he's healthy, he's going to run when given the opportunity. I don't think we have to worry too much about, you know, he's coming back from injury. Will he run? I think that he's young enough. That's part of his game. I know it's the hip, which, you know, it's not the legs, but I suspect he will be back to running again. I don't blame you on the hedge. I think it's a favorable enough schedule this week that he's worth the immediate a- uh, activation, like you were saying. I'm, I'm in agreement there. He plays Minnesota in Minnesota, and they're going to be pitching a bullpen game on Monday, Griffin Jacks and Bailey Ober in those three. And then he's going to play the Yankees uh, with, of course, the, the Field of Dreams game opening that series. And the Yankees rotation is just sort of a mess. So I, I think you're right. The assessment is that that – the strikeouts are what concern me. I, I think he could be a little bit rusty initially, 
Uh, but I do think for the steals alone, I agree. He's going to fill the fantasy categories for you. Another big name coming back, or at least he's, he'll tell you he's coming back. I'm not so sure about this one yet, but putting in the forecast <laughs> updates this morning, Jack Flaherty is claiming he's pitching in that Pittsburgh series, and I believe it's in Pittsburgh. Uh, yes, uh, yes, it is. Um, likely would pitch Thursdays after throwing a decent rehab outing his last turn. What are your expectations for Flaherty the remainder of the year? I would think that the Cardinals need him to give them more volume than the Red Sox do sale. They're going to need him to be pitching deeper in these games. But where would you rank him, start him here and uh, over just the final two months? Yeah, now you mentioned that. I mean, the Cardinals need – I don't think the Cardinals have nearly the playoff aspirations. So they. I think they need him because of their the way the club is. I think the primary concern – or not concern, but objective with Flaherty is to – you didn't pitch much last year. Build up some innings. So next year, because the Cardinals will be back. They just will. That's just because the, they're the Cardinals. Uh, you know, I, I think you want 160, 170 innings next year. So I think it's to get another 40 or whatever under the belt this year so that the jump is, is you know, is manageable. He pitched, what, he last pitched a six on the farm, only going four innings, three strikeouts, no walks, gave up a home run uh, with, with, with Tulsa. So I mean he he could probably and he probably stretched out enough to go five. The Pittsburgh lineup, I mean, can be pesky, but it's not very good. Good place to pitch. So I'm starting him this week, but I don't know. I don't I I, I understand that the St. Louis needs innings, but I don't think they're gonna push it too much. I just think they want to get a, a kind of a, a a foundation built up for next year. Yeah, I feel like in this, he's going to throw four and two-thirds innings of giving up one or two (laughs) runs with a decent number of Ks, and you're going to have been very much on the fence afterwards as to whether he should have been in there for you. He doesn't qualify for a win, and that matters in some leagues, whatever. I'm a big fan of his. I am reasonably concerned about how he's going to perform the rest of the year. But to your point about building up the innings – 40 and a third last year. He's thrown 71 so far this year. He did throw 196 and a third in 2019, but they need to make sure he's ready to give them near 200 for 2022. Yeah. So I, I like that that angle. I, I want, I'm want. i just, just going to choose to be the optimist because I, I like the pitcher. He's got a great slider and everything, but I'm a little worried. I just I hope this goes well. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> it was encouraging. I mean, he didn't pitch great last year. I mean, I was very much encouraged. Well, I mean, last year, remember, it was just – sometimes we forget. I mean, they they had such kid gloves the Cardinals did on Flaherty last year. I don't know how much of it we yeah. can we can just brush off and say – I mean, it wasn't Jack Flaherty. It was some, you know, hologram that they threw out there and were treating like, like a strat card or something. I don't know. So it was really good to see him come back this year and, and basically be Jack Flaherty. Mm-hmm. I was very pro Flaherty coming into this year, agreeing that they were very unusually it was weird. I mean, it was yeah. frustrating from a fantasy point of view, yeah, and from a, a Cardinals fan point of view, it must have been just maddening, and not just not more than frustrating. I mean, it would have been it would have tilted me. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I understand it. They had that big, big delay as they right. tried to get through the COVID situation, but still, it it, it was a bit inexplicable. We have to get to some of the missteps, of course. Uh, one of the big ones over the weekend was Ramon Laureano's suspension, 80 games for uh, violating mm-hmm. the uh, PED policy. And this one was for Nandrolone, one I'm a little bit less familiar with. That one's going back in the day. Uh, they've actually done great with Sterling Marte. 
Yep. And you know, at, at the point that Sterling Marte got traded to Oakland, the first thing I thought was he's kind of a better player in center than Ramon Laureano is. And <laughs> I mean, it's probably the wrong way to look at it. Cause I'd rather have Laureano in right field and have that be part of the lineup than pairing what Seth Brown and Steven Piscotty there. Right. Piscotti, I don't think yeah. there's a, I don't think there's a pickup per se, but do you see this having any sort of adverse impact on the A's and what's your perspective on Laureano? Probably not a keeper in the first place. Right. 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 Uh, Laureano just, he's one of those guys that, I mean, I think people don't, he gets just enough homers and just enough steals to be dangerous. He's usually taken at the point of drafts where do you want just to pad some stats? Or do you want to take some upside? He's one of those, I mean, not safe, but that's the kind of guy that he is. So I don't, unless you happen to have him on a really cheap salary. And I, I don't think he's the kind of player that you would get on a keepable salary. Then yeah, sure. He was a throwback. He's going to miss some of the early part of next year too. Um, you know, you would have liked to have seen Marte and Lariano in the, you know, as an Oakland fan or Oakland, you know, enthusiast want to see in the playoffs. It certainly would have been a better uh, story. People are saying, you know, I, I bet the A's knew because they, you know, got Marte because they knew they were losing Lariano. I don't care. That's that's for that's for our friend Joe Sheehan. All I care about is the fantasy fantasy aspect of it. You know, I don't, I don't. All that other stuff's fun to talk about, but as far as I'm concerned, it's not fantasy oriented. But the you know, kind of an aside, but. When Marte coming over, is he going to run? Is he going to run? Yep, he's running. He certainly is. He might actually have a, an angle on being the player of the week for all yeah. we know. Um, so let's go to the National League's inevitable player of the week. I'm sure you know who that is, Todd. Uh, CJ Crone and the Rockies. <laughs> Big surprise. The Rockies hitters do great at Coors Field. In a week, they're at Coors. CJ Crone batted 556, four homers and 16 RBI in his five games there. And the Rockies have five of the past week's top 26 overall players. Five hitters are in the player Raiders top 26 for the past seven days. And Todd, all I say to you for that one is that the Rockies play 28 of their final 50 games on the road. Right. And I, you may have gotten the same questions or comments when you do your pitching rankings. It's like, yeah, the Rockies aren't very good this year. I'm not worried about starting my guy in, Rock, in, in Coors Field. Look at the numbers, folks. The team isn't as good. First of all, they're crushing it at home and their record at home. It's just they're terrible on the road, even more so. They are still one of the top road, uh, sorry, home team offenses in the league. They're just not quite as good as they've been in previous seasons. And I mean, I got a comment. I said, don't start Kyle Friedland this week. And someone started him and said, hi, I got two wins. Well, you know, show me the research that said you needed to start Kyle Freeland unless you were searching for wins. And that's what they were. So they did the right thing. But yeah, don't, don't, don't sleep on the or uh, kind of assume that the Rockies aren't as good at home as they normally and I can and can stream my starter there. Coors is Coors, I, as I like to say, Coors Field is undefeated. Coors been, is Coors. Yeah, they there have been pitchers that have won the battle. Coors wins the war year after year after year. And CJ Crone, you know, it was it's a, it was a nice, obviously a nice bump. Um, I, I don't know how your numbers look, but coming into the season. Based off after the park changes, my slash line for Crone was almost identical to Nolan Arenado. And I, I said Arenado's going to play a bunch more. And it's Arenado's a tiny bit better. Uh, and, you know, like you mentioned, 28 to 22 as far as games remaining, Crone's going to have a disadvantage. But it's closer than people hearing the names Arenado and Crone. That's, that's Coors Field. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what Coors Field does. 
yeah. I mean, if you can extract <clears throat> just those games, I, I think you'd be in pretty decent shape with them. It looks like they have two full weeks left in cores. Week 19, so that's next week, August 16th. And that would be what, 20, 21, 22? Uh, well, it's the next to last week of the regular season. They also play a couple of divided weeks between home and road. Their schedule is pretty tough, including at Coors. They've got San Diego at home for three. They've got the Braves coming to town for four over uh, over the Labor Day weekend. Then they have the Giants come to town. Then that full week I mentioned before is a full week of Coors with the Dodgers and Giants coming to town. Not exactly the easiest go of it for the Rockies. I, I feel a little like in the ESPN leagues, cash in where you can. Sure. Uh, sure. Brendan Rodgers is finally playing. Maybe maybe there's a sell-high opportunity for Rodgers. Yeah, there's just even though the team's crushing it, how many players are actually tradable just because, you know, you know, they're going to play every day and they're worth, worth being acquired in a trade. So, um, you know, Crone, Crone being one and Rogers and obviously Trevor story. Since we haven't really dove into that Phillies uh, discussion yet. No, Eric, I've got to, you know, Todd, you've got to play the role of, you know, Phillies, uh, <laughs> the, 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 our resident Phillies expert. Somebody's got to assume that 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 spot here. Are you prepared to do it? Or are we going to throw Kyle in to do it? <laughs> um, I mean, I can fake it. I, 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 I you know, I, they're, every team plays well. They just happen to be playing well when they happen to be facing the Mets. Man, Zach Wheeler, is he fun or what? He's been amazing this year. I mean, he's one who I did not expect would have any sort of angle on the top 10 in terms of my fantasy rankings. And to me, there's no question he's a top 10 fantasy yeah. star. No what way. I saw, yeah, what I saw from Wheeler was a, uh, a guy who converted from a, you know, strikeout guy to a ground ball guy. And my, you know, my note on Wheeler was if he can keep the ground ball nature and get the strikeout backs back, you know, Yahtzee, I didn't say he's going to, right. I mean, I said, if he can, and he has, that's, that's kind of what he's done, changing the pitch mix. And I'm not I'm 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 one that comes from the school that I don't consider ground ball a skill. I think it's a trait that you need to keep in context with the rest of your park and the rest of your repertoire. Because in a big park with you know in Oakland, I want my guys giving up even without Loriano. I want my guys giving up fly balls because they're going to be caught. Uh, in Philadelphia, I want I want those grounders because of that home run park. Uh, in the in the so but anyway, the point being, yeah, Wheeler is putting it all together. He could be the only guy that tips over 200 innings this year. I think I think right now he might be the only guy I'm projecting to get 200 innings this season. There's a good chance of it, yeah. And I remember before the year, that was one of the big advantages he brought is that he provides that kind of volume. Right, yeah. Uh, before we dive into some of our other little features, let's go with some quick hit questions. What do you say? Sure. My first question for you is uh, – Players who came out of nowhere to step into to bigger roles. So one of the ones that stood out for me was Rafael Ortega, the Cubs. Todd, you've also mentioned, I know you're an Edward Oliveras fan. You and I have talked <laughs> about him during the, uh, during the offseason. Just give me a quick, brief evaluation point of either of these, these two players. Where do you stand on either one, fantasy-wise? Um, I won Ortega this year, and it might not be for the reason people think. He's got the notoriety for the power, but the guy can run. And he's probably going to get more steals than homers the rest of the way. And if you're in a category, you know, rotisserie league or in a head-to-head category, maybe you've been not competing in steals and all it takes is one or two guys. I want Ortega because he's going to run. He's hitting leadoff. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, I mean, all right, it's the Cubs, but he's going to run. So, you know, next year, and let's see what the Cubs do to reinforce their lineup. He's a little bit older. 
but I do like I do like the possibility or not the possibility the having Ortega in my lineup this year, hitting lean off and, and running some, and he's you know he's shown enough power. We got we got what a little over fifty games or so. I mean, he, could he hit another five homers? Maybe, but I, I expect six or seven steals more than I do five homers. Oliveris is just is a matter of. Are the are the I was about to say Chiefs. Jeez, are the Royals finally going to give him an extended look? He's earned it, but on the flip side, he's not really that good. I mean, it's not like we're keeping you know hyperbole Mike Trout on the bench. I mean, yeah. he, he's barely uh, you know his his RC plus is is not is below is below hundred. He's a below average player. Now for fantasy, he runs a bit, and that's not incorporated in RC plus. WRC plus. So for fantasy, it's a little different, but you know, is, is all of in the thing he's hitting so well in the farm and he sits so well when he's gotten a chance, you at least think the Royals need to take a look to see if maybe other brothers can become uh, a one ten plus guy, WRC plus guy, not, not 90. And it's just frustrating that they haven't given him that chance, but maybe now is the opportunity. I, but you know, what they've shown, I mean, I'm not, I'm, if I have him in my in my outfield, I have someone else that can play outfield too, uh, because I'm not convinced that the Royals are going to play him five days a week. He's hitting two seventeen in his eight games since taking over that job. I, you know, yeah, I'm well, curious about Oliveras. I, yeah, he, he's a tough read for me. Ortega, by the way, ten percent cut in his ground ball rate uh, since the beginning of 2019. Something's definitely changed. As odd as it is for me to feel to say that. Next one is Kyle Schwarber. Can he handle first base? Um, not, not if he continues to hurt his, uh, his soft muscle. Was <laughs> he has a, he hurt a groin or a groin, it aggravated a groin, groin, groin while, while he was add to yeah. the hamstring, right. To add to the hamstring. I don't know. You know, he's a converted catcher playing outfield and he actually, I'm not going to, he's not gold Glover, but he became a little more competent than he was at the very beginning. If we remember him at the beginning, he was terrible. Um, yeah, I th- I think he should try. I don't I can't I don't think anybody can break that he can. We were talking, we were commiserating off air about some of our failed first base memories, and I can just it, it, over the weekend I can just bring up an example of people saw it. Uh, Lourdes Goriel, a converted well, not a converted, an outfielder playing first. There was an odd play with the Red Sox game where he was it was a bad throw, and he was literally he was blocking the base with his foot and leg, and Alex Verdugo so he in order to touch the bag he, he jumped over the bag he never touched the bag Goriel did not have contact with the bag Goriel then went back and touched it a few seconds later but by that time the umpire had already signaled safe they reviewed it they gave Verdugo the bag everybody's confused because the umpires aren't required to speak into the microphone and let everybody know what happening what happening um didn't matter for the game but the point being footwork etc you can't it's not that easy first base is not it's it's easier to then shortstop. It's incredibly hard. It's but it's not as easy as people think it is. And the the point too being, it's just so important. I mean, it's 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 a it's a you know I don't call it hitter and area. It's a guy on base or not a guy on base. I guess everything's like that. But it's 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 that important. And and Rafael Devers, we know he has some throwing issues. And I don't know if anybody from Boston listens to this podcast, but if they are, I'll probably be canceled. But Xander Bogarts is not the fielder that everybody thinks he is. Uh, metrics do not like him. He just he, – he, he doesn't have the range, and he gets occasionally lax on some throws. I think you need a – you know, your first baseman, if you're confident that if you just get anywhere in the vicinity, he's going to pick it, I think it makes for a better left side of the infielder. 
And I don't know. I think they're going to give Schreiber an opportunity. I'm not going to say, oh, it's, it's going to be, he's going to be fine. We don't know. Carl Yastrzemski made the change, but Dwight Evans couldn't to, to go way, way back in, in Red Sox lore. It took Star-Lord, I think, 95 minutes in that movie to learn how to play first base. And we didn't, I don't think we even actually saw him play defense in it after that point. So, you know, it's not the <laughs> easiest thing in the world. How about Luis Heel? Luis Heel of the Yankees. Here's, here's the impressive thing for me. First Yankee with six shutout innings in an MLB debut in 29 years. By the way, Sam Militello, there's a blast from a past name for me, uh, right. was the last to do it. He's also the first Yankees pitcher since slow Joe Doyle in 1906 to allow zero runs in his first two major league starts. So are you a believer in Luis Heel? Uh, it's it's all number scouting and did, and did happen to catch some of the some of the past couple of outings. He's always missed bats, but he's also missed the strike zone a ton. He usually keeps the ball in the yard. So if he can, if they can get to the majors, and it's not Sanchez anymore. Higashoki, I mean, being on the um, on the IL there, I think Brantley and and Higashoki. I'm mispronouncing the name. I apologize. Higashioka. Higashioka. Kyle Higashioka. If if they're you know calming him down and using the right repertoire and the right mix and keeping the walks in check, he certainly has the stuff to succeed. He, if I was if I was writing up his profile, it would be one he'd be one of my, you know, I save it for maybe 10 guys because you can't use everybody. He's the one skill away guy. And that one skill away is better control. You know, mm-hmm. 23 walks and 37 innings for Scranton Wilkes-Barre, uh, you know, before he came up, but he, you know, he, sorry, 29 innings, but he had 37 strikeouts. So figure out a way to throw strikes and I think we have something. Yeah, definitely a walker and an extreme fly ball pitcher, which is uh, something that scares me at Yankee Stadium. You might think, why are we talking about Luis Heel when he got demoted to the minors after his last start? Well, that was a procedural move. They can actually call him back up for his next start uh, during that series against the White Sox when they're back in Chicago. So I I don't think we've seen the last of him. High risk, high reward. I'm not ready in ESPN leagues yet. Just just not. Um, Last one. I was going to say, talk about fly balls in Yankee Stadium. Uh, your new friend Andrew Heaney is having a little bit of issues oh, in that regard. Yeah, I saw the four homer game. That was. <laughs> By the way, I was kind of amazed that that was the record for a pitcher in a Yankee debut for home runs. Because who was the dude on Sunday Night Baseball against the Red Sox? Todd, you should totally know this. Uh, Brad Halsey, maybe it was a guy like that. He pitched the Sunday Night Baseball game and he gave up three homers in a row. I couldn't believe that he wasn't the one that had that record. For what it's worth, the internet was invented for me. I don't remember things very well, uh, so I'm, I'm not. You and me both, apparently. Uh, I'll, go, I'll go to a movie. I don't go to movies anymore, but I mean, I just people will, will talk about a movie. I don't remember that scene. I just, I don't, I just don't remember things very well. Uh, it's why, I be, it's why I didn't become an actor. Next one I was moving on to was Adley Rushman. Give me a quick take as to whether his promotion to AAA matters. Would he? Will he play in the majors this season? I, I think he might. I don't think you're. I think that I think a catcher. You want as many bullets as you can get. If he's. I mean, I know the the whole you know saving money, etc. But I think you want as many. But I think we might. I think we might see Adley Rutschman in, in the majors uh, in, in September. Keep in mind, not only are there no waiver trades mm-hmm. this month, there's no roster expansion next month. But that doesn't mean I don't think we won't see Rushman get his feet wet. I think we might. I think it'll be all performance-based. They have no incentive to call him up this year, but I do think they intend to have him be the catcher next year, so we'll see. Yep. Service time will also be a question. We'll, we'll find out. 
Todd, so now that I've made you just exhaust yourself with a whole bunch of analysis here, so should I, shall I challenge you on, on a tune? What I do don't think? know. You got, uh, you got the pipes working, ready to oh, go? I don't, I was not, I, I didn't, I don't, I, I'm sure. You know the song. Combo. Wait a minute. <laughs> I'm not messing up all my own song. Talk about a guy who has rust coming off coming off the week off i even i do hey it's a combo meal you know the tune todd combo combo it's a combo meal i guess i don't home run plus deal oh home run plus i am all i actually i knew that i was thinking i was thinking something else and todd you are totally forgiven i you got me watch that i am gonna get torched on twitter this afternoon for doing that so these players were making moves late last week, and Making Moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to linkedin.com slash sports. So, Todd, we had three combo meals over the weekend, none of them on Thursday. Friday, Jack Mayfield had a combo meal, and that was his first career stolen base, by the way. He's he's one of those guys who played for one team, went to another, came back to that team. To, uh, it's a big old mess. Saturday, uh, Mayfield's one-time teammate Kyle Seeger did it, and Sunday the great Vladimir Guerrero Jr. did it. And here's what's really impressive: he's got four career stolen bases. Two of them came as part of combo meals. Todd, did you know that? I did not know that. And I actually know what a combo. For people think Zola doesn't listen to the show once in a while, I know what a combo meal is. I mean, literally and figuratively. The tune, uh, you know, the tune is a little <laughs> more unfamiliar. It's all there. We go. But uh, yeah, the, I, yeah, I saw it happen. You know, I saw Guerrero steal. Is just one of those. Hey, they're 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 not looking at me. And I think it was Ottavino, who I think – I'm not going to say I can steal off of Ottavino, Adam Ottavino, but I think you could. Uh, I know Kyle could. I, I, Kyle. I stole one base in Little League, you know, in the, the high school years. But I <laughs> – and I couldn't believe it, and it was when the pitcher was just asleep. So I, I would, get it. I actually could do the delayed steal where the catcher kind of – you know, the, you, you get a secondary lead and the catcher – kind of floats the ball back to the pitcher. So I, I couldn't, I could not steal. I'd be thrown out. The, the catcher could beat me to second base. He didn't have to throw, but um, I would, out, I would delayed steal second to third, uh, just be, get, getting that catcher that just kind of lazily threw the ball back and just kind of freak everybody out. Got to know the weak arm catchers as we do for our daily notes. No, it was just getting the second base was that's part, well, the part. Yes. Yeah. So a great yeah. Kyle Sabi has the name for us. It was Chase Wright who gave up four straight home yes. runs to the Red Sox <laughs> in his second start with the Yankees. I forgot that was his second start. Well done, Kyle. Kyle, I can read that. I can't read your blue type here. I I <laughs> hopeless. Okay. All right, let's let's get to our next favorite segment. Do we know which this is? we are riding the what is it todd the uh not the combo meals it's the other thing the closer carousel the closer carousel. oh all right i'm sorry i was thinking yeah right because that was the the, the music for the uh the county not the county fairs but the uh that's the first thing i tend to think of yeah what are the summer things when the the they come through the, the carnival the carnival yeah, yeah. The carnival comes through the carnivals are indeed a fun one. We're in that season, so it's time for the closers. And the Yankees have a closer on the injured list. Araldis Chapman landed on there Saturday with yeah. left in elbow inflammation. Todd, Eric and I have talked about Chapman's struggles now for, what, seven weeks? I'm not totally shocked to see this happen. I know they said there was no structural damage. His command has been just hit or miss depending on the outing. 
I don't know what to make of this, whether this lingers. In the meantime, Jonathan Loisega was the one who got a save on Saturday. It was a very good outing by him. Right. The Yankees also have Chad Green and Zach Britton who could fill in in this role. So what do you make of this Yankees closer situation for the rest of the year? Yeah, it's, it's you know, and when you say no structural damage, and I feel I'm, I feel I'm channeling Stefania here, as she'll explain, what they will do is they compared the current MRI to a whenever they happen to take it previously, there's damage. There's just no further damage than what they have already know about. And that's the case for pretty much any pitcher. So it's not, I mean, all right, Lewisica can handle the job, but what it does is it weakens the bridge. There's one fewer guy, and I know the Yankees have acquired some, acquired a couple, they got rid of a couple of pitchers for salary cap purposes at the deadline, but they acquired a couple of relievers as well. So, you know, in a, in a, all right, pick up, uh, you know, Louisa got no problem, but from a Yankees point of view, I'm a little concerned. We talked about how, how rough the starting pitching is. They needed all the relievers they can get. You can have one of those four names I mentioned, which is it going to be? You have to oh, lock them in. Louisa. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, a week ago would have been Chad Green, but I, he's had a couple of, of hiccups and based upon what we've seen usage patterns, it's, it's Louisa you know, in two weeks, it could be green again. You ask Eric, it could be green. Could well be. I thought it was going to be earlier in the year, but right. didn't pan out. Uh, I'd probably lean to. I'd probably lean towards agreeing with you on that. I, I wonder. I, I think when Chapman is healthy, and I could do the air quotes, he'd be the closer. But <laughs> you know, I, I I think it's probably safe to go with the guy who's closing today. Um, is there anything to the save recorded by Giovanni Gallegos on Saturday? Todd, considering that the night before Alex Reyes had four walks, hideous control in that game. And by the way, another neat fact about Reyes, this is a, a geeky stat of the day. Why? Uh, he has an 18.9% walk rate. That is the highest walk rate in history among pitchers who had 25 or more saves in the given season. Highest so far if he finishes at that level. And by the way, the current record for a complete season is Mitch Williams. He had 29 saves and a 17.4 in 1992. Nicknamed the wild thing for a reason, right? Yep. I mean, people, you know, what, what happened to Reyes? The quest, real question is, why didn't that happen already? He's, he's, he's gotten away right? with all the walks. So it's not some, you know, it's not, you know, what happened over the weekend. It's just, I can't believe it hasn't happened sooner. I, I think I'm not reading too much into the Gallegos other than he is the next in line. I still think Reyes is going to be the guy. Um you can mention it. It should have happened previously. You just give the guy a little mental break. And, you know, I think long-term is, is, are they, is it now, is it now too late to commit him to commit to back to starting again? He, you know, air quote has had success, but you know, then, you know, the geeks behind the scenes saying not really. So I'm curious to see what happens with Alex Reyes. Yeah. I mean, in a standard, not even so much standard, but in a league with a deeper reserve, deeper league with a deep reserve. Sure. Gallegos is worth the pickup. But I'm not picking Gallegos up in a in a you know in the SPN league where there's only three reserves, uh, and I I don't think that he'll be useful enough as a as a as a as a closer. All right, on a Monday or Thursday, if you have the spot to stream him in, sure. But I'm not expecting Gallegos to take the job over. I'd agree with that. I think that he could if Reyes' struggles continue, and they might. He's got a 5.40 ERA in July, and then of course in yeah. three innings this month, he's given up the three earned runs. I pointed out about the workload worries. He was pacing at something like 80 to 85 innings. They right. tempered that a little bit. And I mean, 
to your question about is it too late to switch him back to a starter this year? I think absolutely too late. Oh, this I'm talking, I'm talking about career. Career wise, I think I don't think that ship has sailed. But I think this no. year he's already in a, a workload corner. I, I'd say he's a step away from this being a big deal. But we need to mention it because it it yeah, it was something. He's going to throw more readings as a reliever than some starters. But anyway, he he <laughs> oh man, a year like this. Um, can you believe we're talking about Alex Colomay again? No. Honestly, I can't, but... Three saves. He had three saves this past week. All of the twin saves. He's got a 270 ERA in 10 games since the All-Star break, but do you know what his K rate is since then? Not high. 17.1%. Yeah, and this is, it's it's nothing new. This is Alex Colomay, and we, you know, we, we're telling people not to draft him, except that you're looking for a closer at the end, and therefore you, you get stuck with Alex Colomay, and some years you were okay, and other years you weren't, but with the twins making a couple trades and Taylor getting hurt. Here we are again. <sighs> to what level do you invest in it? I mean, do you, are you adding him? Are you, are you adding column a really in an ESPN league? Are you really adding him? No. I mean, again, if it's a Monday or a Thursday and I need, you know, I want to stream a guy in. Mm-hmm. Sure. I, he, he is. I'm not saying there, you know, I would give me Kyle Finnegan to, to an, an arbitrary name. You guys thought I was going to say Kyle Suppe. Uh, Kyle Finnegan is an arbitrary name to choose as a, as a give me Tyler Clippard over column A. Um, you know, in an ESPN stream in one day league, yeah, he could get lit up and you could hurt your ratios, especially though, you know, in a, in a, in a head-to-head where the save might be more important than the ratios that particular week. Yeah, but I'm not – saves do come with baggage, and column A has baggage. He just doesn't give you anything but the saves, and that's only when he's in the right. job. And it's been a, yeah, I, I don't see a ton of saves. Todd, who is the Mariners closer? Um, it's not Tyler. That's not, it's not, it's not Tyler Clippard. It's not Kendall Graveman. Um, <laughs> I would imagine not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what a what a weird story there. I wanted it to be Seawald. I, I like his stuff, and and but I I just I don't think it's uh. I don't think we're going in that in that direction at this point. I don't. I hate to. I, I think you're I the just, right answer with what you're saying right here. I, that's ahead. why I'm kind of. That's why I'm kind of edging because I want to. I want to just go on record and say I, I think. I think it'll be Seawald over over Castillo. Um, Here's what I want to. The, the, the hedging to me is the right answer, but we just talked about Colome. Who interests you more from a fantasy perspective, Colome? Or any of the three in Seattle, Diego Castillo, <laughs> Drew Steckenrider, or Paul Seawold? Uh, I guess, I mean, I, I just, I've just had so much of Colomy over the, or not so much, I mean, I've seen him so much. I just know, I, I, Seawold, I, I'd rather have, if, if, I, if you were giving me, you know, Minnesota closer or Seattle closer, definitely the Seattle closer, right. to choose, choose one. I, you know, I, yeah, I, I, if I have to, for a roster spot, if I have an, after, if I have an extra roster spot, it would be Paul Seawold because, he may he may get the job the day that Colomay loses it and keep it for the rest of the year. So that's what we need. We need team kickers. Kyle, can you get on that yeah. for a game? <laughs> team? Really- yeah, we should just while we're here keep in mind, folks, for next year they do have a guy named Ken Giles who they signed 
on one of those two-year deals. Oh, to, man. To deal. <laughs> we're going to have to talk about Ken Giles on the show again. Well, I get <laughs> worse. I, I, I don't know if you've thought about this yet. Yeah. Remember the, the Ryan Braun dirty and clean year? Yeah. Uh, we're going to have to talk about projections with and without the DH until the CBA is taken care of. I didn't mean to bring you down. Yeah. Like no. Well, you're the one handling those projections. So I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> well, sorry. I, said talk about. I, I did say talk about. That's the, we, 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 we talk. Yeah. Eric and I talk. We, uh, we do. I do. We do. But yeah, we, we, you know, at AJ, we talk. But uh, yeah. So no, I just, uh, we're going to have to go, you know, until we know. It's, uh, we, to, we'll, you know, we'll talk when, and for the first set, knock on wood, we'll decide which way we want to go. But um, anyway, that's coming up. I just said, I know we're in a kind of a good mood. I didn't want to bring us down. Oh, talking about the future already, <laughs> as if 2022 had not already come into the show. Let's get into the schedule for today. Let's focus on today, please. Monday. Are there game. games today? Are there, are there actually games today? You'd think there weren't. There are only five games on the schedule. They start at 6-10 Eastern. That's the Reds at Cleveland on ESPN+. Plus. Luis Castillo faces Sam Hentges in that game. ESPN's Monday Night Baseball is the White Sox at the Twins. That's Lucas Giolito at Bo Burrows. And where was the note that I had down here? Oh, yes, of course. That's Luis Roberts' return game. So, yeah, you definitely want him in there for a Bo Burrows bullpen game where he's the opener. Um I wrote down as a, a streaming option, Jamison Tyon coming back to the Yankees rotation. Todd, you know, I just said that they they are missing everybody. I don't know when they're getting Garrett Cole or Jordan Montgomery back in. I think it's going to be sometime over the next seven to 10 days. I don't know what day. Right. At Kansas City, Tyon had a season high 10 strikeouts last Wednesday. And since July 1st, six starts of two or fewer earned runs. He's quietly pitched very, very well. I mean, the, He's, uh, he's pitched into a tiny bit of luck, but you mentioned the strikeouts. He's giving length and strikeouts. He, you know, if the Yankees do get themselves in a wild card, they're going to have Tyone to thank for getting him through this stretch of the season. They indeed will. I was not expecting they were going to need to lean on him so much. They, that was a workload guy for me, but they've kept him pretty well in check. I think he still is. And I think it may work out well enough that he gets him through this stretch. They lean on him pretty heavily, Tyone. And then when you mention Montgomery and Cole and maybe Herman or something else, someone else comes or or Heel continues to pitch well, they can back off Tyone a, a bit to get him ready for the playoffs. Tuesday's schedule that begins at six oh seven Eastern. That is the first game of the doubleheader between the Angels and the Blue Jays, which might be confusing if you look at the home teams. The first <laughs> game is that one that was rained out in Dunedin back in April. So that one's going to be played with the Blue Jays as the home team. That's Chris Rodriguez making a spot start for the Angels. They've been trying to work him up to this point against Steven Matz. And then the second game, which tentatively is scheduled for 10.07 Eastern, is Ross Stripling versus Jose Suarez. Uh, Tuesday also has Justin Steele's first Major League start for the Cubs. That's against the Brewers. Mm-hmm. It's also another start for Carlos Carrasco. The Mets at home against Washington. We don't know if they'll have Juan Soto for that one. We'll see. I don't know that I'd use Steele for that first game. I'm definitely going to be watching it. Carrasco's not going deep enough in outings, but I think I'd use him in this one. Don't you think? Would you start Carrasco? Sure. Yeah, I would. He's he's pitching well enough, and he, if he's a little more pitch efficient or gets through a couple of small, short innings, he could go five. And you know, we'll see what we, and then we will, as they say, take it from there. I'm with you on Steele. I'm curious. He, the converted reliever, he's been starting on the farm. Curious to see what 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 goes on there. Um, you mentioned the doubleheader. Uh, Ross Stripling, to me, was pitching himself out of a rotation spot, yep. but he's just as quickly pitched himself back into it. 
So we'll see what the Blue Jays do to go six or leave Matt's in. But they uh, Stripling has been I, – I dropped him in a couple places, but, mm-hmm. he, you know, he made me pay. He's come back and he's pitched well lately. Yeah, they definitely were suited to using a sixth guy because they've had a couple of double headers over the past few weeks. So and they've got a couple. I think they got like another another like back to back with one, you know, a single game in between. But I think they've got you know double headers two out of three days coming up. Yeah, I don't think not over the next ten, but I think it's after that one. But either way, yeah. they've got opportunities to use six starters. We'll see how they. Or the they Red Sox did. on the same. Wait, this, they just did right. No, this is the this is the second double header based upon the one. Where they uh, they just head over the weekend. That's they what just I'm con- thinking. concluded. Okay. Right. Um. Any other, is there any other big Tuesday thing that stands out to you? Uh. No. Actually, this is our. I haven't haven't checked yet. This is going to be our our Tau Daily night, and uh, not I doing. Know, that's why I want your. I want you to give me your hints yeah. here. <laughs> I have. Not, I I say I have not looked yet. I I do. I have not looked. I'm. I just. I know in general. I I'm not. I'm not good at. I'm not good at DFS anymore. I don't know why. I I used to. I you know. I'm, don't brag too much. I used to own Tout Daily. I used to crush it. And now I think I'm the highest scoring player who hasn't missed a week. You're the highest scoring player the, who hasn't missed a week. You know, we we, we yeah. basically, you know, some people are away. They, they miss a week. I've got perfect attendance. So if everybody with perfect attendance, I've got, I'm sorry, the lowest scoring player. Do they, the highest. Do, you get to name a, do you get to name a meal after yourself if you have perfect attendance? No, because a lot of people do. Um, but I, I, so I meant to say was I am the lowest scoring player that has participated every week. The lowest. You get a ticket to the finals, don't you? Yeah, you have a ticket to I the do, finals. Yeah, I've had a very up and down year. Yeah, but I I was glad to just at least make sure I could be part of it. Uh, Wednesday's schedule has four day games beginning at 1.10 p.m. Eastern. That's another White Sox at Twins game. That's Lance Lynn against Bailey Ober. So there's the Twins throwing their <laughs> trade replacements in there. ESPN Plus at 2.10 p.m. Eastern has the Rockies at the Astros. That's Antonio Senzatella at Framber Valdez. And then ESPN on Wednesday Night Baseball will have the Dodgers at the Phillies. That's a compelling one. It's David Price against Cal Gibson, who, by the way, Todd, Gibson has been pretty impressive so far for the Phillies since coming over in that trade. Which would you start in that game? Price or Gibson? Uh, Regression does not punch – one of my expressions. Regression does not punch a time clock. Kyle Gibson, even though he switched leagues and trying to avoid regression – is still, I mean, he's pitching well, but he's still out over his skis. Um, ah, geez. Price is just now going long enough that I probably would take David Price over Kyle Gibson because, you know, I could be saying the last day of the year, I could still be saying this. I'm waiting for the other shoe to fall with Kyle. I, I, he's pitching, he's not a scrub, but he's still out over skis a little bit there. I agree with you, but feel like I've been recommending cashing in all year. That's the problem. Exactly. Yeah. I'm and terrified of both of these guys in this matchup. I think well, I have to tell you, if you have to take one or the other, I, I would mm-hmm. go for price, but yeah, no, it's, you know, you know, as we both know, we were alert, you know, target, you know, against expected ERAs, expected batting average. The more we learn, we're learning why people defeat their peripherals. There may be a reason why Gibson's defeating his peripherals that, that Statcast just hasn't shown us yet. They, you know, they those 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 brains going to get working and tell us what we're missing. And may or, or maybe he is just you know with with what seven hundred eighty ball players at this point, someone's going to be pitching into luck for a long time, and it may be Gibson. 
might well. And I'm going to say I'll use him if I have to pick between those two, because if I pick okay. him, then he'll finally blow up and then I'll be right on having said to cash him in. Yeah, there we go. I mean, if, if, if it wasn't the Dodgers, I may have gone with Gibson, but it may, yeah, and the, do- the Dodgers lineup is scary. Right. And, and, and it's not because of, you know, regression doesn't care about the lineup. Regression is things that are out of control. But the Dodgers could just pound him. You know, they don't need luck to to hit. And now that Mookie Betts is back and appears to be hitting a little bit better, Corey Seager, et cetera, and they they finally they finally have a real second baseman after you know after after using Betts there for four games, folks. Yeah. If you're waiting for that fifth game, no celebrating. Yeah, ten in the SPN, so it'll be a while there. We started right. with the questions. Right. I, I don't think that's going to happen. Oh man, no. they're it may, getting... get a, it may get one in on a double switch or something. Right. I don't think he's going to get 10. Well, they have so many, you know, as long as the players are healthy, they have so many options. I, they, I mean, and the only thing is they might be without Justin Turner. I think he was on my list yeah. of the questionable. Yeah, yeah left groin discomfort. And to be honest, though, maybe you disagree different leagues and having multiple eligibility always helps. But sec- adding second base isn't that big of a deal anymore. It's not. It's, it's, it's not. It's, in, in a deeper league, it just it, having multiple in general it's, is a big help. This particular year, based on the depth of the position, there's plenty of depth at every position these days. It's not yeah. like it was 10 years yeah. ago. But second right. base for bets compared to outfield, I do think that would matter, but not to the level that people think it is. Okay. I'll, that, yeah, that's fair. Very fair. Like, there, I've, Let's put it this way. I've got a league where I'd love to put him at second base. I would <laughs> love to have oh, him at sure. second base. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. We are all we all have that league that, that the way oh. that things have worked out. I'm trying to – I was – for whatever reason, my third base situation this year wasn't very good. So when Urshela went on the IL, I had, like, no one to replace him in a, in a, in a spot. So it, it, different rosters, the way they're just constructed for whatever good luck, bad luck reason – you just don't, yeah. yeah. So every team, particular team, you have a certain scenario, but injuries sure. are finding you too. In other words, like I'm getting the injuries only the positions I have the least depth. That's yeah, especially in the draft and hold leagues. But that's just that you know that going in. Yeah. But you know, you we both try to make moves in labor and tough wars, AL only, NL only, and there have been weeks. I don't want to say that the corners are bad. There have been weeks that no one even qualified. You know, I mean, yeah. you had to put Yasmani Gondral Gondral at your corner. He's not hurt. And maybe not the best example anymore, but yeah, there that, yeah. that's just the way it like is. The Buster Posey at first base years. Yeah, exactly. Thursday's games have a twelve ten p.m. Eastern start, so make sure to get your lineups in before we will have a show that day. Just make sure to get your lineups in before we tape, because I'm sure they'll be underway by that point. Of course, Thursday night is going to be, as I mentioned, that Field of Dreams game. That's the Yankees yeah. White Sox currently has Andrew Heaney <laughs> versus. Carlos Rodon, a little bit of contrast in left-handed pitchers there this year. All right, that's the schedule. So let's welcome in the master of everything, Cal Sapi, who's – you're such a master of everything here. You even caught the fact that I did put my socks on and I forgot all about them. I remembered the Red Sox. I remembered the White Sox. I remembered all their big storylines. I forgot my own socks. You know, we're here to catch everything. That's what a researcher does. So I, I'm here for you, Tristan. You know that. I've got the black socks going today. There it is. <laughs> Kick me out of baseball. Hopefully they keep you in baseball at least long enough for trivia here. We'll get, we got a trivia question. We'll get to a quick, a couple quick hash browns, and then we'll pay off trivia. One player over the age of 30 has 25 homers and a sub 20% strikeout rate this season. After hash browns, I want you to name that player for me. We had two smart, good-looking guys. I bet you can get it. Hash Browns here. 
We're starting with Ross. He wants to know what you think of Jonathan India, both the rest of the way and the rest of his career in a keeper format. India is a guy that I took three flyers on in deeper leagues and was happy with being able to plug him into my second base spot. Actually, no. Initially, I think I had him at third because he didn't qualify. Um, right. He was third again. Yeah. Whatever it was, I remember I, I he had instant utility for me. I remember I had an issue with those spots. And having him in in April and May, he didn't do much. Since then, I've been much more impressed by what he's accomplished over the past two months, I'd say. I really thought he was a league average player. I thought he was going to settle in as a league average player. I'm starting to wonder whether he can be an above average fantasy second baseman. I don't think he's a star. I think he's a, I think he could be a very good player. Um, I'm trying to think of a good comp. Todd, do you have any comp ideas for him? Uh, I'm, I'm, he's not, he's better than that. Um, I, to me, he, he's, I, 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 top of the, well, Brandon Phillips is really good. So I, I don't want to say Brandon Phillips because I don't think he'll be peak Brandon Phillips, but he's a guy that can get, to me, he can get double digit power and steals. I don't think, well, I don't, I, mean, I don't think I'm going on a limb here. Once the, once the Reds revamp and, you know, et cetera, I don't think he's, he's not a leadoff hitter. I think he just happened to be hitting the ball hard and and, and getting. He's there because he walks. Press. He's only there because he walks. Well, that yeah, that's true, and that 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 helps to steal. So I think some of it will depend upon where he ends up as in, in a batting order. To me, I'd like him as a you know as a middle infielder in a draft where you're just looking. You don't really need anything other than stats because, like I said, I think he's a fifteen fifteen type of guy. Uh, I believe he's one of those players that if you look at the exit velocity, it looks misleading. But when you look at the, I'm looking it up now, when you look at the fly ball exit velocity, it's it, it's higher than you would suspect based upon the uh, his average exit velocity in general. And that's the case. 92 and a half exit velocity on fly balls. And that's what drives the power. Whereas his average exit velocity is, is lower in the uh, it's it's like 87 89 this is why i'm so much into component exit velocity because i don't you can't look at the average he just hits ground balls weekly which isn't that bad for batting average so it, it's actually an interesting profile um if he can continue this it just you know it, and continues to when i say mature i mean body wise not you know anything other than that but he grows into the grows into his frame comes a little stronger and continues and if you have a high exit velocity on fly balls and lower on ground balls you just have an uppercut in your swing and if he so he continues along those ways and continues walking i do think there's growth are we gonna you know we talk in projections are we gonna prorate this year and have him better next year i doubt it i think what we're seeing is kind of the median over his career so if 15 or 18 homers and 12 or 13 steals Helps you, okay. I mean, it's not Brendan Phillips. It's not Ian Kinsler. Is it Starlin Castro? Maybe, maybe that's maybe that's what it is. Yeah, K- Kinsler came to mind, but I just don't think he's quite as fast. Yeah, he's not that good. Yeah. I don't think I mean, he's Kinsler quite as. He's certainly not as good defensively. Right, I not mean, Kinsler, quite as much power. Yeah, Kinsler and Phillips were first round fantasy, first, second, third round fantasy players in their peak. He's nowhere there. Right. But yeah, I think you know, he might be he might be a Starlin Castro type, which uh, you know, isn't terrible, isn't great. To me, I mean, I I saw top three hundred was mentioned. He'll be in my top three hundred. He won't be in my top two fifty. I think he might be in my top two fifty, but that's close. Re- yeah, close. it's 
I mean, I could throw 190 and 270, and that could change in an instant. Um, yes, 50 at bats. I'm, Where's he hitting? <laughs> I'm really mad at myself for not being able to come up with a comp here. Second base is one position where guys immediately come to mind. I mean, Kyle, you remember from the uh, it, it was I think it was Brian Dozier that Damon Easley comped, and Eric scoffed at that, and <laughs> and that was Brian Dozier's career. He followed it to a T on, on Damien Easley. Kinsler's the closest thing I can think of. I, I, I'm going to have to think that one over. There's a comp there, I'm sure. It needs to be a guy who can walk decent with plate discipline, hit some line drives, but there's not an awful lot else that's special. Somebody else. Oh, I yeah, we'll, we'll circle back. That will pay it off. All right, one word answer to these two questions, then we'll get back to trivia. Dylan wants to know who has more quality starts the rest of the way, Luis Garcia, Shane McClanahan. Oh, I guess you could say tie. That's still one word. I don't know. Garcia, team driven. Are we throwing up innings? Okay. McClanahan doesn't go six. Yeah, Yeah, it's the Rays. We just don't. I know he has, but we just don't know. So I'll say Garcia, but I'm not sure that. I mean, it's. I think there's some innings issues going on with Houston, too. Yeah. All right. And last one here comes from Greg Points League, rest of the season. Jorge Solar, AJ Pollock, who you got? I'll say I'll go Pollock. I just this Atlanta's got too many outfielders. Once everybody gets held, now Rosario doesn't get healthy, and 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 Duvall gets whatever, and Solar crushes it. But Solar crushes it. But right now, I'm going with Pollock. I think he's going to get more playing time. I'll Tristan, second that. I'm going to second that. Better team and safer, more consistent skill set. But the yeah, the injuries scare me with Pollock. His history. Tristan, your reaction to that question was like when you have a true false question on a school test and you kind of make the answer look like a t and an f like that was kind of what you were giving me there <laughs> i like it <laughs> wow i never thought of that yeah. yes oh you man the, the worst that. was you had the the one with the number two pencil you had to fill in the circle and you fill it completely and you're like well what well that just how am i supposed to fake it now i, I, I know yeah, they figured it out quick but yeah yeah i once Those did were... that they filled it in and it didn't register any of my answers and i got a zero on the test and had you, to you just weren't filling it in dark enough? I think the machine was broken. Wow, you broke the machine? That big brainy head of yours broke a scoring machine? It was my pencil. I blame it on my pencil. Okay, fair enough. Blame the tool. What do they say about a crest? In the, a crest? Oh, boy, there goes the pencil. All right, trivia. One player over the age of 30 with at least 25 homers and a sub-20% strikeout rate this season. Can you name this player for me? Oh, my gosh. Does he is he over forty? Because the only guy I can come up with Cruz, and I'm probably wrong because I'm not good at this. He's not over forty. He's not Nelson Cruz. <laughs> he doesn't. Does he have twenty five homers? He, he might not. You know, he doesn't. He does not. He's got twenty three. Right. That's because that's one of the first I would have thought of too. Uh, and a twenty point one percent strikeout rate. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm not Cruz. I'm not treating yeah. by looking these things up. This that's, is this is Anthony Rizzo like contact, but he's he doesn't have twenty five homers. I think of guys like Freddie Freeman when you say over thirty, but I don't think he has twenty five homers. Come on, Freeman has twenty four bombs. Yeah, that's what I thought. He's on my points team, so I didn't think he was there yet. No, you're right there though. Free, uh, Freeman's about as good a guess you can get without getting this. Gosh. Middle infielder, I will tell you that. An over 30 middle infielder. Hmm. You got me on that one. Former fantasy star down last year, maybe making a comeback. He did something like this in 2019 as well, but it was terrible. Not Muncie? Not Muncie. 
is on a playoff team, though. This guy did great two years ago. Wasn't good last year, you're saying? Correct. Was, some might say he was garbage last year. I assume that was me saying this guy was garbage last year. No, that's, that's, yeah, that's too much. That's too much of a pointed clue. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's more of a point for me to say garbage, not pointing any fingers at anybody specifically here. Don't make me sing garbage songs. Good band. Come on, man. Um, Tony Pollock wasn't at twenty-five yet. Nope. Yeah, because that's one word. <laughs> Jonathan Scope. Nope. Oh, jeez. He actually might not be thirty. Yeah. You guys are thinking way too hard. Yeah. It's, well, since when do you give easy ones? Yeah. No, actually, Eric Eric has gotten something like 17. Eric gets them all. It's ridiculous. I can't fool him, but I wasn't out to get you guys. I'm out to get him. He'll get something crazy on Monday. Don't worry. I can't believe I'm just blanking on this one. Wow. Okay, the garbage clue went right over your head. Jose oh, Altuve. Altuve, of course. Yep. 25 homers, really? 25 bombs. He's got 25. Look, I knew that numbers. part. I guess I just, I guess I missed the 30 years old part. But yeah, he is, isn't he? Yeah, he's four months younger than me. But yeah, he's right there. But he's right. not running. But he's not running. True. That is true. <laughs> Stupid team. Oh. <laughs> all right. Well, that'll do it for the show. We need to not get into more singing. Todd, we'd go on all day if that was the case. Anyway, this is the fantasy. This has been the fantasy focus baseball podcast. Thank you so much, Todd Zola, for joining me today. Great work as always. Great work to you as well, Kyle Sapi, doing all the great work and even noticing the socks not uh, being put on initially. Uh, we will see you again here on Thursday. Until then, enjoy the baseball.